Dr. Pete Economo, the East Coast Psychologist. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, the West Coast Psychologist. And this is When East Meets West. This episode, we're going to talk about being calm, which many people come to us and try and learn how to be. And Dr. Nikki Rubin and I, Nikki, hey. Hi, Pete. Everybody, everybody wants to be calm. I mean, I'm, of course, the, the first thing I think about is like the name of the, there's a mindfulness app called Calm. I've, there sure is. My, my dog loves watching those commercials with the little <laughs> circle. <laughs> brilliant marketing. Yeah, brilliant marketing. I, yeah. I got to hand it to him. Yeah. 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 Well, the app actually, I know I've mentioned it here. And so they better be a, 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 a an advertisement at some point, <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, we're using it now if they paired up with the big 10. So, you know, I think let's just talk about what it means to be calm. And I think one of the things I want to do that is to bring in some of the Buddhism and mm-hmm. like, who doesn't want to be calm? I mean, yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> I think everybody, because it, it feels, it feels lovely to, to feel calm. It yeah, does. Although, you know, sometimes I was just thinking like sometimes athletes don't want to be calm because they think they're not in the zone then. I mean that's fair. I mean that's fair. I mean it's yeah. uh, it feels nice to be energized. I mean being calm is not the same thing as being energized. Though, right. I mean I, I would have a hard time, I think finding anybody that would say they don't want to feel relaxed, which is you know those things kind of go hand in hand. Synonymous, right? yes. Yes. Well, and, I, and what we teach is like Yerkes dots in the performance curve, right? right? This upside mm-hmm, down U mm-hmm. that says you have to have like enough stress but enough calm. Yeah. If you have too much of one or the other, then you're not going to perform like less. And I. Mm-hmm. I you know, there's so many other theories that have been out there, but frankly, I just see a normal upside down you where you have to find this, this like the sweet spot, right? You know? Yeah, totally. I'm sure yeah. I was like, I, I want to see how many people are going to Google Yerkes Dodson. I mean, probably <laughs> not, but maybe we'll put it in the description. Yeah. yeah. I, hey, yeah. I, I draw, I draw that graph uh, for patients all the time, actually. So I mean, of course we do. Well, that's <laughs> the thing about us is that we have whiteboards in our rooms, Yeah. in our clinical rooms. And I think that when our, when sometimes our clients first come that first day, they're like, what the, you know, it's, yeah, that's a very for for uh, those of you listening that are not familiar or less familiar with uh, cognitive behavioral therapies, very very uh, CBT to have some kind of drawing uh, instrument like a whiteboard in the office. I, I use my iPad now. I you know oh God, really upgraded. So I, I really really high tech now. But <laughs> yes, you're both so high tech. Well, yeah. for me, I mean, maybe we'll start with just like when we feel calm. Yeah, sure. Uh, if, if you're you know, because I th- I'll share that I. It's interesting. I've, I read a lot about, you know, different practitioners and what they do. Like, you know, I've talked on here about mm-hmm. the Dalai Lama. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be doing, you know, um, reading up on Deepak Chopra. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these really big minds have practices that include really structure. So things like yeah. 4 a.m. wake up, mm-hmm. morning meditation and yoga. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes before like eight o'clock when the rest of the world is starting, many of these practitioners have really already had like a full day. <laughs> I mean, yeah. done way more than I've done <laughs> before before eight a.m. I'll I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I'm a, I love the mornings. I yeah, I know much more than me. Much, much more than you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh my god, we're different in another place. I know another place yes. we're different. Yeah, because yeah. I love the morning, and I and whether it, you know in in psychology in in the West we talk about like. um uh, developmentally, like what came for you know, chicken or the egg. Yeah. Right. And it's like I swam, but did I swim because I like the mornings, or was did I did I did I get uh, familiar with the mornings because of swimming? We'll, we'll never know. It's an, ex- <laughs> it's, an, it's an existential question for it the ages. Yeah. 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 Nice to reflect that. I was walking past the baseball field with my brother the other day, and I just watched him like gazing onto the field, and this I, I could I saw his wheels like self reflecting of what it was mm. like to be on that field. So is is that a place that he felt 
calm. There was his calm. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there was his calm. <laughs> re- yeah, re- reading your life. mind. I yeah. know. <laughs> well, and I, so so for me, the morning does help create calm. I love the morning walk with my dogs. Yeah. You know, so usually I'm up already. I have meditated. I do a little bit of stretching, uh, and then I take the dogs out if they let me. Sometimes I want to go out first, but and that walk is just wonderful in the morning. I I also um, enjoy walking my dog. Um, I, I feel very calm at the beach. You know, I grew up I grew yes. up at the beach, and uh, you know, Pete knows this about me. I uh, love the ocean. I love being near the ocean. Um, so definitely a place I I can feel very very relaxed. Though it's interesting as we're talking about this, and I've got this like little itchy voice in my mind <laughs> here. <laughs> that's Scratch that's it. yes yes Chris saying you know I, I've got I've. I've got some issues with the word calm a lot of times because as we said at the beginning of of this episode, most people want to feel calm and lots of people walk into our offices and are like, I want to be relaxed. I want to be calm. Like I can't even tell you how many patients um, say to me when they're like going through their, you know, very another CBT thing, write a problems and goals list. Like what do they want to work on? Right. Therapy. And one of the things a lot of people will say is, oh, I want to get rid of my anxiety. Oh my God. You know, it's like, you know, or I don't want to be angry anymore. I want to be calm. And I'm always like, Oh, all right. right. Yeah. I'm like, totally hear you. I get it. Cause it's a really well, uncomfortable. Let me guess. You help and them operationalize that. Don't you? I sure do. Ooh, yes, <laughs> I sure do. Yeah. Um, I sure do. And I, and I say, you know, calm is a, it's a mood state, right? Yeah. Being relaxed is a mood state. It's not an optimal one though. And I think yeah. that some of what you and I are even describing, like going to the beach or walking the dogs, we might feel calm, though. I would actually probably say that those, that experience for me is like more about feeling like centered which yeah. I think is different because I can feel centered while I'm anxious, right? Like well, I like not, an eye in the center of the storm kind of thing, you know? hundred, Yeah, exactly like that. And it's not a basic emotion. So I think calm no. is also like a higher level emotion. It's yeah. amazing, I, I just had the image of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs of like, yeah. you know, and so I think depending on who we're working with, you have to have, and one of the things I notice is sleep, right? And yes. it's funny because mm-hmm. when you read a lot about calm in, in the research, sleep is one of the, you know, most beneficial right. aspects or at least to produce calm, this feeling. Right, right. And so I think it's important maybe to clarify for our listeners that while calm is absolutely an experience that most of us enjoy and we hope to have some aspects of our lives where we get to connect with that emotion, we can't um, we can't positively judge it as this is a good emotion. We want to chase calm right? because that's actually what puts people in this very, very difficult bind where yeah. they're constantly trying to rid themselves of, of discomfort. And like what we talk about, and I, of course, dying in a moment to hear um, the Buddhist lens on this. Oh my it's God, like, you rest- I was totally oh, going there. We are having full, yes, we did it. <laughs> um, you know, that it's that, that pain is an inevitable part of being alive. Discomfort yeah. is an inevitable part of being alive. Yeah. Well, and, it, and I think within the Buddhist literature and, and within the practice, um, it's uh, what I was thinking when you were just saying that is this enlightenment, you mm-hmm. know, and so no one's ever enlightened. And, and most of the, most of the mantras, the mm-hmm. gathas that are out there that you might chant, that we chant, because uh, maybe, maybe people listening are not chanting, mm-hmm. uh, is that we, you, once you feel you've reached that, then you're already distorted. You know, it's so like once you feel uh, like you calm, like, that then the lens has gotten in the way. Correct. So mm. you're not actually like experiencing something in a way because again, you're chasing it. Is that why? Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think it's you know because it's really just about so, and, and as we see with 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 whenever there's the adverse of calm, it's because people are so focused on either the future or the pe- or something that they're holding on to from the past. I mean, almost nine times out of ten, I can help someone figure that out. 
Yeah, well, and just just so I'm clear, when you're yeah. saying that, do you mean that when they're when they're not feeling calm, it's because they're focused on the past or the Correct. or the present right. or the future? Sorry. Yeah. So I I will gently challenge that <laughs> and and say, well, oftentimes though, um, and this comes all, I talk about this a lot with mindfulness with patients. Sometimes though, what's happening in the present is uncomfortable. Like there totally. actually isn't like if I don't know like if um. Waiting it's, online and the person. Oh, sure, bored. Yeah, and you're bored. <laughs> and you're bored. By the yeah. way, I love that it's just this uh, east west, uh, east coast west coast different. Peach just said waiting online. It took me so long when I lived in New York. I was so confused by everybody <laughs> saying they were waiting online. I was like, because because we say waiting in line. Yeah, we were waiting in line, and I was like, but there's no line. No one's you know, standing on a Spanish, line. In Spanish, the on and in. I mean, whenever I help my students or uh, yeah. my partner with the, with the in and on, it's like there's no difference. There's no, there's difference. no difference, right? Yeah. Yes, why? Like limes and lemons in yeah, Spanish, it's, it's only it's, limons. It's, it's, it's true. It's true. So anyway, just a nice little difference. I always was like, I I got used to it though, but I I still said in line when I lived when I lived in New York. Um, Wait, hold on. So the Buddhist teaching though, and I'm yeah. with you on that because, but the Buddhist teaching is that there is only this moment. So calm is. Right. So the idea is that even even if you're on the line, once you let go of that present moment, then the pain has been, has left with it. And and again, I don't fully agree with it because if I have my hand on a hot stove and right. I just go to the next moment, my hand's still on the damn hot stove. Well, so that's so this is what I'm very curious about here. Um, and I I learned a ton from Pete because I you know I've not um, my my knowledge of Buddhism is is only really limited don't to what I well, stop well it. fine it's is I've come to it and most of my knowledge is within the third wave cognitive behavioral realm yeah. um, which has borrowed and yoga and, and yoga yes yeah, which yeah. which is more I guess comes from more of like a Hindu tradition technically yeah. but well, relatives but, yeah, sure all, all connected <laughs> but so I learn a lot Pete I'm always just like picking his brain about this stuff yeah. um so what my understanding has always been though is that in Buddhism there's a real distinction between pain and suffering. That That's suffering right. is what happens when you're not accepting pain, right? That's is right. that is that accurate? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's also like one of those famous quotes that people like to put up on a like a, an image that they post mm-hmm. on their social media. What is it mm-hmm. like? Um, uh, pain is optional. Suffering is choice. It's one of those. Oh, oh, this is like this is like what I draw for people. Actually, yeah. I, mean, I don't. I, what I is don't it? have social media, but it's a pain. Uh, the what I draw for for patients, and I say talk about westernizing. Um, yeah. It's westernizing. Something, yeah, westernizing it. It's how I start. But I find, but I find it visually very helpful. Is that pain, which I always say to people, we could replace with the word discomfort or struggle, right? right. Is inevitable. Like that, right, that inevitable yeah. goes under the word minus yeah. acceptance equals mm-hmm. suffering, and suffering. then suffering is optional. So then That's I'll say right. to people, like you know, using your like basic algebraic knowledge, like how to like what can we do with this equation? People are like, yeah, you can add acceptance. I'm like, right, it's a zero sum then. Pain there it is. acceptance equals pain. Right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, those are, I, I know you don't like social media and if you had it, if you ever scrolled, <laughs> you would see a lot. It, again, but that's a really helpful tool. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, to be honest, I feel like that's the Western's world interpretation of the mm. Eastern practice. Okay. Not so it's to not say, actually that. I, well, because again, I think it depends on which, which doctrine you're reading because right. I don't know that there would even be a translation to differentiate right. pain from suffering. Right. Okay. In, that's in, interesting. In like Sanskrit or Japanese or you know, depending on where you were reading okay. from. I, but I could be, like, I'm not 100% on that. Mm-hmm. That's just my sense as we're talking. Yes, yeah, so that's, so that's very interesting to hear because that, that's the part that I was getting confused about because this yeah. in this moment, like you're saying the hot stove, it's like if you're touching a hot stove, like that stimulus is painful. That right. it doesn't matter if you're, if you're not like 
focusing on the future or the past, you're, you're mindfully it focusing hurts. on you. It just really freaking hurts, right? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Um, I burned my hand the other day. I was, oh, God. Oh, um, yeah. terrible. It was, um, was funny. Oh. So, so anyway, so back to <laughs> that, that being said, so it's like we're not always like sometimes the moment in, in and of itself is inherently uncomfortable or painful. And I think that's right. often why people go to the future or the past is to try escape to escape the it. Yeah. Amen. Well, and so I think calm for me is also peace. Right. Yes. I think, uh, you know, this is another word where I was having a, a challenging conversation with someone and, and I just said, oh, I hope you find peace. And they were so insulted. And I was like, well, oh. no, 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 really. Like, I really hope you find peace. Wow. <laughs> yeah. why, why, why were they insulted? I don't know. I mean, you, look, you, was, can't, make, sure. you can't make someone else's yes. mind well, for what, how they yeah, Well, maybe they, they heard, heard it. it as, I mean, I could see, and, and obviously this, I, knowing you, I know this is not at all how you would communicate it, but I, but I know sort of like out in the general world, sometimes that can be sort of said with, um, like, uh, like in a patronizing way. Like, I hope yeah. you find peace, which you, you are so far from patronizing. So th- I could, I want somebody the, else's experience. I want the whole world like to have peace. You know? I know. I, of course. I, that sounds like my little beauty You're, queen, like statement. No, <laughs> no, it's that, it's that we, we all, we all deserve, um, we all deserve some moments of stillness, yeah. you know, we all deserve moments of stillness. And, and that's, I, you know, I like that using the word peace, honestly, because that I connect a lot more with well, that. That's word. why I brought that up. Cause I think yeah. calm, calm is also a weird word where when I say it now in today's virtual world, they're like, what are you saying? Right. <laughs> calm? Right. Because it's, you know, that the silent L yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and if English is not your first language. Yes, it's no, totally. Yes, is there a difference different... of pronouncing that East West? Well, I was just saying, say it's it. interesting. You said that you just said silent L. Cause I was like, I, I don't think that's a silent L. Calm. How do you say it? Calm. See, I don't think yeah. we say that here on the East Coast. Calm. I think it's 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 like how we say we say our O's different. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, psychologist. You psychologist. say psychologist. Psychologist. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's also New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. New York uh, not, not, yeah. <laughs> not bad or good. Just different. Just different. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. No. So well, and then I think peace doesn't. It not to say that people couldn't be chasing peace too, but but peace is not a mood state. Yeah. Like I think most people can understand like if you say peace they're not going to com- they're not as likely to confuse that with being relaxed. Like calm right. means being relaxed. And so if someone comes like I got to be calm, it's like I can't be anxious, I can't be sad, I can't right. be tired, you know. Yeah, and I think you know what we're looking for and one of the things I love in the work I do is helping to find inner peace which I think yields calm feeling, yeah. right? Yes. And so the inner peace is like someone can say something really rude to me and it doesn't affect me. Right, because I'm because I, because I'm so confident and and have this inner peace, which really is about the early morning rise, the meditation, the yoga practice, mm-hmm. uh, the acceptance based strategies, mm-hmm. you know, that Eastern principle of just like, look, we're all suffering, so whatever you're throwing at me is on you. Yeah, you know? it loses its stickiness. It's like totally. there's um, it loses stickiness, and I think an inner peace, you know, to bring in sort of how that um, how that's cultivated in, in behavioral science, you know, uh, in acceptance and commitment therapy, you known as ACT, we yeah. do, uh, and Pete and I discussed this a lot on this podcast, we do a lot of work in helping people uh, define, clarify, and connect with their values. Yeah. And one thing that I really like about uh, values clarification, as we call it in ACT, is that obviously we're doing that to help people define like, what are they about? What's important to them? And then what are the behavioral steps they can take that are aligned with that? Yeah. So, Interestingly enough, and I do this as an exercise quite a bit, I'll say to people, if you're ever feeling off your center yeah. or you're feeling you know, um, distressed or uh, doubtful or whatever it is, I'll say, go back and just read your list of values to That's yourself. Right. Yeah. And what tends to show up is it, it 
cultivates and helps them access like that inner peace, that solidness of like, yeah. this is what I'm about, which was, it's like, I say to people, I'm like, your values are your insides, right. you know? Yeah. And, and also like just general emotion and regulation, you know, is another yes. uh-huh. key that we use. Cause that's part of calm. The more I can say, I feel angry right now, you know, and I, you know, I, I feel like I want to punch this person in the face or I feel like I want to right. like re- reach right. across this customer service telephone call and strangle the other person right. on the other end. Right. You know, right. Please, I can. Please don't. <laughs> yeah, I won't. Uh, it's just this, you know, this the yeah. regulation and awareness of that allows me to. Yeah. Really, it also creates that calm feeling. I mean, I. It takes a lot to to frazzle, frazzle, frazzle. Yeah, it takes a lot to frazzle me. Is that the way to say it? Yeah. Yeah, frazzle. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I think you're bringing up another important important point here, which is that feeling regulated. Yeah doesn't mean not feeling that's right at all and that's so so again you know it's funny i hope we're not confusing people here because we're saying these are calm feelings but but the word <laughs> calm is just is, is confusing so so maybe i'm gonna i'm gonna clarify a little further here i'm gonna operationalize a little further that what i are really saying is is how to feel centered or at peace grounded or regulated right, right. The path to that is to actually start by allowing some of the uncomfortable feelings. So if you're feeling angry and you want to feel more inner peace, you can't say, don't be angry. That's right. Like, let me stop feeling angry or let me dive into the anger and ruminate about the thing that's making me feel angry. You actually have to like mindfully and compassionately allow yourself to- So there comes that compassion again. Yeah, comes compassion again, like feel the anger. So nothing's linear that we ever talk about. No. No. And that's just our, I, that's why I often say that what we do is an art, you know, while we, yeah. you know, in cognitive behavioral therapy, we have sci- like, we have added the scientific method to our practice and we're still, it's still an art. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a dialectic. There it is <laughs> as, again. As, as my, as my uh, best friends from college, like tease me, they always go, it's a dialectic. Cause I say they, it that much. Yeah. They get me. Yes. Uh, it's a science and an art. Right, it's both things. Yeah, and also simplicity is a big piece of calm, which is another Buddhist mm. tradition, right? So just, and and I noticed again, I noticed this like simplicity in terms of like purging things that you don't need. You know, you don't right. need two or three of something. You know, um, what's well, like, hard in the, it's and I was to say that's hard in, in American culture. Heck yeah, right? yeah. that's hard in American culture. We just want we want well, and it's a very. Um, consumer-driven culture yeah, that we live yeah. in, you know? But really, again, what yeah. I would encourage listeners is to think about other things that you can get rid of because the yeah. purging is a part yes. of that calming process. Yes. To, you know, because the more I can declutter my life, the more simple yes. my inner my inner feelings are as well. Well, it's, for someone to bring this up, and I, uh, it's like, you know, why people, I think, um, feel so connected to Marie Kondo with the, yeah, with, you know? Yeah. yeah, because, yeah. It, I mean, I think the message is, you know, she says, like, you want items that spark joy. It's like, yeah. it's the simplicity, right? That's it's it. the simplicity of things. And, yeah. you know, I think that's also why a lot of people feel more emotionally regulated when when their space is clear and and, yeah. uh, and clean. Absolutely. And I've gotten to a point where I want like everything off the floor too. Mm. And, you know, like I even put floating vanities in the bathroom because I'm like, <laughs> I'm the vanity on the floor. It's really creating these simple lines, just really simple life. And, uh, you know, as we wrap up this, uh, this idea of what it means to create calm, I'm going to use your tagline, Nikki, mm. right? So that the emoji that's out there, pain is inevitable and suffering is optional. This has been When East Meets West. I'm Dr. Pete Economo. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin. Be present, be brave.
This has been When East Meets West. All material is based on opinion and educational training of Drs. Pete Economo and Nikki Rubin. Content is for informational and educational purposes 